Hey, it's Larry. Uh, Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Real quick, before we get into this episode, I had such an amazing, eye-opening, life-changing experience at the World Parkinson Congress in Kyoto that I want others to have that opportunity, too. So Becca Miller and I and 24 of our PD community friends have launched a year-long WPC Travel Grant Fundraiser. We're each doing a two-week Facebook fundraiser. Mine's underway right now because my birthday's January 9th. All the money raised will be used to help offset travel costs so more people with young-onset Parkinson's can attend the next WPC in Barcelona in 2022. You can search out details on the When Life Gives You Parkinson's Facebook page or donate directly to the WPC website. Go to wpc2022.org slash yopdfund. If you or your business would like to supply matching funds... Hey, good on you. Email me at parkinsonspot at curiouscast.ca. And now, on with the show. Hi, I'm Larry Gifford. I have Parkinson's disease. And the novelty is wearing off. This is when life gives you Parkinson's. Joining me on this podcast journey is reporter and contributor Nikki Reitmeyer. Hello, Larry. Here we go. Season two. Wow. It's happening. It's finally here. Yeah. My role with this podcast, just like season one, is to be curious, to ask the stupid or taboo <laughs> questions. Never. <laughs> to try to make sure that those of us who don't have or don't live with someone who has Parkinson's understands what people with Parkinson's are going through. Yeah. It's hard to know what to say and and how to react. So hopefully together we can demystify Parkinson's. I think we can do this, Nikki. Excellent. So we're going to start season two the same way that we began season one, by asking you about your Parkinson's. Okay. So Larry, take me back to when you were diagnosed. Well, I was diagnosed uh, two years ago officially on August 18th, 2017. So what kind of symptoms then have you been experiencing? Well, uh, it's been an interesting year uh, since you've last asked me that question. Yeah. Fatigue is a, is a huge issue for me. This, yeah. is, this is fairly new. About two o'clock every day, I just hit a wall. Uh, like uh, I fight to keep my eyes open. And it just it's just for I, if I can just take like a fifteen minute nap, I'm good for the rest of the day. But it's like I've never had to like stop down in the middle of the day to do nothing. I'm like a go 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 guy, right? And the fatigue is just debilitating. It could be a Saturday and Sunday, it could be a Monday or a Tuesday. It doesn't matter the day of the week. At two o'clock, I'm done. And not all the coffee in the world can push you through that. No, it's so weird. It's like you're being drugged. You just can't just keep your so eyes open. drowsy, yeah. When my levodopa wears off before my first dose of the day at 6 a.m., which can make it difficult to do things that I've done my whole life, especially if I'm coming off of a big day of exercise. I had uh, physiotherapy last night and uh, circuit training. It just killed me. I was so sore. I was sore all night. Woke up this morning, just instant pain. Uh, took my shower. <laughs> I went to, you know, I've I've been putting on underwear for most of my adult life, <laughs> I can say so, uh, without much trouble at all. It took me two minutes to put on my underwear, put it on backwards, and then I had trouble taking it off, and it snagged on my foot, and I almost fell over, and I put it on again, and I put it on backwards again. And <laughs> 
I'm just so frustrated. And then uh, I sat down on the bed to steady myself and like literally had to like look at each hole and where my leg goes, where my foot goes and could, couldn't quite lift my leg up to get in the hole properly. And, uh, because Parkinson's. It took me two minutes to put on my underwear. That is crazy. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun. No. <laughs> that does not sound like fun at all. Well, and it's kind of embarrassing, you know? It's like you uh, can't put on your this underwear, huh? Ridiculous, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I've been experiencing uropathy in my feet, and this is like this stinging, burning sensation. It, 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 it's, it's pretty uh, debilitating. Uh, and it was in full effect last spring on a trip to New York City. So I'm waiting on the 8.35 flight to New York City uh, to go to the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Uh, I am a little concerned because my uh, neuropathy and my feet have my feet tingling and achy, and I'm not sure what a long flight's going to do to that. But, you know, I'm here. I'm here early. I've got my walking poles, and uh, we'll make the most of it. We'll figure it out. I do have an aisle seat so I can get up and down the aisles. And uh, they hurt whether I'm walking or sitting anyway, so I might as well be up in the air. All right, so we're going to do this. Now, flying can be difficult for anybody, but dealing with Parkinson's and flying, I mean, that sounds like a whole other kettle of fish. Well, yeah, so I used to always get the window seat, and now I always get the aisle seat. So, A, because you don't know when you're going to have to go to the bathroom, and it happens quick. Uh, And uh, I like to walk the the aisle during the flight and do some stretches near the the bathroom so I can put my hands against the wall and just sort of stretch out and now, stretch my legs. Now, to be legs. fair, Larry, I get the aisle seat for exactly the same reasons, so don't worry. You're not alone. <laughs> got to pee all the time, and I want to stretch. Uh, in April, for about six weeks, I was dealing with severe shoulder pain. I can't lift my arm above 90 degrees without it really hurting. Uh, it's up most of the night in pain. So, so my physical therapist at NeuroFit BC, we met her last year, Naomi Casiro. She was kind enough to take a look at it. What's wrong with me? Are you talking about your shoulders specifically? Um, well, I think you've got some alignment challenges in your shoulder that are causing some pain when you're going into certain movement ranges. Um, and I think that uh, you're getting a little bit of impingement in that shoulder joint. Is that Parkinson's related? I think some of the postural and muscle rigidity contributes to that shoulder alignment. I wouldn't say it's 100% Parkinson's, but I think it's a contributing factor. Anyone can get, you know, shoulder issues from posture and, you know, sitting at a computer all day and things like that. But your, you know, predisposition to have that happen is a little bit higher with the rigidity and, and stuff that happens with Parkinson's. And so how are we treating this? So we're treating it in a multifaceted manner we're um, kind of adjusting how your muscles are moving your shoulder joint throughout your day and throughout the exercises we're giving you uh, we're loosening up some of the muscular tightness that's in there and and adjusting the joint into a better position we're getting you to do homework to make sure that your posture and alignment are conducive to an open shoulder joint where you're not getting that pinching and uh, you mentioned long needles <laughs> So we're going to send you for something called IMS, which is intramuscular stimulation. I'm very excited. (laughs) I did warn you that it can be a little bit uncomfortable, but what it does is it gets really into some of the deep muscles in there. Uh, Again, it doesn't fix the, the Parkinson's rigidity that underlies it, but we can get some of the muscles that get tight over top of that, and we can get them in a really quick, deep fashion. So... Um, it is 
uncomfortable but very short-lived and can have a really good effect for some people. She sounds really great. Yeah, no, terrific. Now, now at this point, I'm laying face down, shirt off, a pin prick here and a pin prick there, and ow, one sticks. <laughs> we, we find a muscle that needs the releasing, and when you insert a needle into a muscle that is tight, it grabs a hold of that needle, and it feels like the needles have barbs. And so as you try to yank them out, they stay. So you, they, she has to yank a little tighter. Uh, I am not a fan of needles and pain, and this just reinforced that. Yeah. Uh, this was quite a ride. Whew. As we talk about things that have changed, I now get a lot of hot flashes, uh, anxiety, mostly oh. in crowds. I've been losing weight without really trying, which is really new for me because I've tried all my life and I've never <laughs> had success. And now uh, it's just happening. I, I'm uh, more masked in my facial expressions. Uh, and my wife, Rebecca, has noticed my personality is changing. What do you think has changed about my personality? Uh, I think you're quicker quicker in the trigger with your temper. I am not. <laughs> And um, that has never left, the diffusing <laughs> with humor and self-deprecation. It never gets old either, does it? Um, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> there have been times where it's gotten old, yes. You feel like you're soft, softening and masking and having smaller reactions to things. And what I feel like is that you're having bigger reactions to things. We talked before about how you're jumpier than you used to be. And you're, you've never had much of a temper where you've had a really long fuse on your temper. Now you have a shorter fuse. You're less easygoing than you used to be. Everything's a little, reactions to everything are just a little ratcheted up, and in some cases, a lot. And that has affected parenting reactions sometimes and reactions to traffic and being the passenger in the car. <laughs> <laughs> physical reactions to oh my gosh she's not going to slow down for that speed bump because she doesn't see it or whatever and, and like a whole body movement like just the anxiety of that is but I don't say anything I don't backseat drive I just make uh, uh, really big motions <laughs> <laughs> um, sure and that's much better <laughs> but I'm also more emotional, emotional. in general like, not just anger. But not every reaction is emotional either. Right. It's sometimes it's just a quick, a quick, tri- a quicker trigger on saying something or doing something when you used to kind of take a minute, take a couple of beats to really recognize what's happening and what's the best way for me to move forward here. And instead, it's just kind of a, if it's like, it feels like a little explosions. That's a really tough question for someone who cares about you to honestly answer. You know, what's changed in my personality? And her answers, of course, were so honest, but maybe not easy to hear that, you know, you've had bigger reactions, that you are jumpier, maybe angrier. Even like she's like, listen, I got to go run an errand. Henry is out with his friends. If he and his friends come back, be nice. It catches me off guard because I don't think of myself that way. And I have to say, though, overall, that I haven't personally experienced a quickness to anger, more frustration, those types of feelings. I haven't noticed you display those around the office, which maybe is a good thing because it means I'm not in trouble at work. So (laughs) maybe that's a good thing. Well, that's good to know. And if that changes, you need to let me know. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. Do you know anyone else who's been experiencing personality shifts like that? You know, it's interesting, Nikki. I, I, I've chatted about it recently with some of my Parkinson's friends. So, yeah, yeah. in fact, it's, it's a real thing for Parkinson's people. My wife, Judy, sort of notices that I've become a bit more difficult and, you know, temperamental. Paul Mayhew Archer is a writer and producer of many BBC radio and TV programs like The Vicar of Dibley and Mrs. Brown's Boys. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, he, he just finished a stand-up tour titled Incurable Optimist across the UK based on his Parkinson's. Yes, I mean, I, th- I, mean, I think they have a harder time of it than we do, really, to yeah. be honest. I'm definitely like... More, more grumpy and more unreasonable. You know, we're experiencing many of the same things with our wives and, and, and we don't even realize it. Yeah, having a spouse through all of this really does add an extra level. I think every husband and wife, uh, every partner, you know, they wonder at times if they're being unreasonable in their relationships. But then when you have Parkinson's, it sort of adds a new uh, demand on the relationship as well. Well, it's hard to notice your own personality shifts. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, another guy, Jimmy Choi, uh, he's known in the U.S. for several appearances on American Ninja Warrior. Wow, cool. Yeah, he was diagnosed at 27 in 2003, but was in denial. He didn't seek treatments for eight years. Wow. During this eight years, we finally, you know, in 2007, um, uh, when Karina was born, uh, my first child, and uh, in 2008 and 2009, remember, she's only, what, 18 months, 19 months at the time, and... Uh, I would, I would lose my temper, and just scream at her, mm. a, a little baby, a, you know, a little toddler that has no idea what she did wrong, yeah. right? And it wasn't even such a big deal because, you know, if when I think back, it was I would be screaming at her because she spilled apple juice or spilled milk, and 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 I could see myself standing over her, just screaming. And just imagine a, you know, a thirty-something-year-old man standing over an eighteen-month child and just screaming. At the top of my lungs. So, so what do you think you were really angry at at that point? Oh, I was angry at myself. I was angry at my situation. I, I, I know now that that was the case. Um, I was angry because, you know, she spilled a little juice. No big deal. But it, it was hard for me to clean up that juice because it, it, it took a lot of effort for me to have to clean that up. Yeah. Right. I was angry at that. And it's not because of her. Really, it's because of my own, my own inabilities to move. Yeah, it's tough. I, I've been there. Um, you know, I get my, my temper is much more quick uh, since my diagnosis. Ah. It's just, I, and I hate it. Yeah. I used to be a real casual guy. I barely got angry at anything, and now I, I find that my moods can can dramatically swing uh, in, in a moment. Yes. Yeah. Hardest part is listening. Listening now to my wife sometimes when she tells a story because you know she'll talk about things like she watched me go from. Uh, the person who's always smiling, who never gets mad, um, to a person that hardly ever smiles at all. Essentially, what I was hearing is that I was becoming a person who she did, she did not marry. She married somebody and she got somebody else. Yeah, that that's one of the hardest things for me to listen to. I I, I get it, but you know what the best thing is, and I, 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 the same thing with my wife, where she's telling stories, and I'm like, oh man, I you know I, I I'm sorry that I put you in that position. But both of our wives are still there. Yes. They're, they're still supporting us and loving us and making the most of the life that w- we, can, we can make. So for, from that perspective, I think we're both pretty lucky guys. I think so. You know, that's a really sad story that you know, he had this young child and he was just still finding himself 
so upset and so stressed out and so angry. Well, and remember, that was at a time when he wasn't taking medication. He was he he wasn't seeking doctor's assistance. He was in denial of the disease, and you know, being off on your pills can lead to you know personality shifts. Yeah, I guess that's true, and it is interesting that you and Jimmy and Paul can relate to trying to navigate through increased anger and trying to navigate through being a husband or being a father. Well, it's nice to know that I'm not alone. Like, Mm. this isn't a Larry issue. Right. Which it feels like it could be. It's a Parkinson's issue. That's, yeah, that's an interesting thing to think about and an interesting thing to consider. It makes you feel a bit more normal, I imagine. Well, nothing about this makes me feel normal, Normal. but at least I feel like I have company. So is Rebecca talking to other people about this as well? Yeah. uh, Rebecca got some perspective on it from Cheryl Haig, and she is the wife of Tim Haig. And Tim has Parkinson's, and he won season one of Amazing Race Canada. Incredible. You know, when he would be overwhelmed with something, it would be emotional. There would be an emotional outburst. And if we had known that was Parkinson's, then we could have worked better. Now, like now we work at creating an environment that isn't as overwhelming. So then less less outbursts or emotional reactions to situations because we have learned that that's what Parkinson's does. Then can I ask, what personality changes have you noticed in Tim? Um... He's more anxious about things, um, more sensitive towards um, situations also, I would say. Other than that, I mean, his basic personality is the same, but it just becomes maybe more a little bit more intense in some areas. So his reactions to the world are different, even though his core personality and core soul existence is, yeah, is the same. I'm noticing that in in Larry as well, where you know his his essence is, you know his bright beautiful soul is is still the same, but his reactions to the world, how he takes information in, and how he processes it, and and that is a lot more um, yes on edge. He's when we got married and when we were dating, he was the most relaxed person in the world, and nothing he was completely unflappable, and noticing that even travel, getting through the day, reacting to our son, reacting to stimuli, a lot more sensitive and a bit more anxious. It sounds like it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of understanding to be the spouse of someone who has Parkinson's. Well, and, and you heard Cheryl talking about fa- trying to find balance and trying to figure, put them in the right positions or the right situations and the right, you know, you, you want to s- prepare so moods aren't so shifting back and forth so so rapidly. And I've been doing some reading and uh, personality changes for people in Parkinson's is, is not uncommon. And it can be brought on by a, a lot of different things. Uh, increased fears and loss of control of one's life, like Jimmy said, Uh, medication side effects, depression, pain, anxiety, fatigue. I've Mm. got all those things. Uh, And missed or incorrect dosages of medication. And and that is a problem for both Paul and myself. Uh, And we we realized that during our discussion. I'm getting worse at actually taking my tablets. (laughs) I don't know why. I just sometimes I think, oh, I've got should take my tablets now. 
and I can't really be bothered sometimes. It's you know I'd have to go downstairs to get them, and I don't know what it is. What I mean, I it's very very peculiar because they clearly help. <laughs> clearly, yeah, no, but I, I've been forgetting I think mine. I'm about taking them, so I don't quite understand what it is. It's it's a psychological thing. Yeah, well, it's something about how you kind of don't want to be slave to the pill, but you are. You are, yes, exactly. And you might as well admit it. And, right. I, and why not? You know, I feel better. I like that term, slave to the pill. I don't know that I like it, but, you know. It, it must feel that way, though, it, sometimes. It, it does. It's hard to resist because you know how much good it does. Yeah. You know, and without it, I'm worthless. So, like, yeah, we're slave to the pill. Or we could go, hey, we're slave to the pill. <laughs> <laughs> well, why do you think that you're forgetting? Well, I've got alarms on my phone and on my calendar at work. And so, like, there's really no excuse. Like, it pops up, I see it, and then I just ignore it. Like, I don't know why. It's in my pocket. I just need to pull them out. Because you're a human, Larry. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you're 15 minutes off, it can have an impact. Well, yeah. What does happen when you forget to take it? So, for example, the last time this happened, I, Mm -hmm. I, I recorded a little personal journal. I managed to get to work. And I have my pillbox with me for my midday pills, and it's empty. So here it is. It's 8.20 in the morning. My next dosage is at 11, and then at 4, and I have meetings until 5 o'clock today. So this is going to be a test. So uh, Rebecca picked me up at the office. My uh, gait was really, really uh, challenged. I was shuffling along, even with my walking poles. Uh, I was feeling uh, uncertain, unsure. It's kind of this weird numbness throughout my body. It's like you could tell, like everything was slow. And that's just with missing one dose being late for the second dose. So I took my morning dose at six, and I didn't take another dose till five. So that's a long time, uh, but it's it's certainly noticeable. God love Levodopa. I know you said that you feel things are slower, but do you also get anxiety because you know that you're missing dosages? You know, it's hard to pinpoint where the anxiety comes from, but I am a much more anxious person. When I show up to work without my pills, uh, it is a wave of anxiety because you you fear what the day could bring. Right. So, how has your experiences in the past year impacted how you approach living with Parkinson's disease? Well, I would say last year I was still a deer in the headlights. Right. And that's a true phase for people who are diagnosed. It's like I don't know what's going on. Like it's you're wide eyed and. I was still playing that game. Uh, why do you take so many pills and that drug and I don't? Or why am I taking so much medication and you're not? Or why do you have that symptom? Am I going to get that symptom? Should I, should I have that symptom? Yeah. You know, uh, and so you get through that stage eventually. Uh, and after doing radio and TV interviews and the podcast and joining boards and the Michael J. Fox Patient Council and then going to the WPC, I've certainly immersed myself into the Parkinson's community. Uh, I know it's still early days for me. Uh, this is still my honeymoon phase, uh, but I'm realistic. I'm optimistic. I'm uh, less hopeless. I consider myself now an advocate. Um, uh, I'm finding areas of Parkinson's that 
are most interesting to me, which includes, you know, informing and educating, authentic storytelling. I'm really passionate about empowering people with Parkinson's. Uh, so raising money for cutting edge research, for finding ways to stop this disease, to halt it, to trap it, to reverse it. Well, does that mean a cure? Mm, uh, no. And I guess that's changed for me, too. I, I don't speak of a Parkinson's cure much anymore. The, the more I've learned, the, I've talked to scientists and researchers and, and just sort of taking in all the data. In order for them to cure Parkinson's, they need to cure everybody's individual Parkinson's. So that's like 10 million cures. So that's not really realistic. Uh, what is more realistic is uh, small small victories. You know, what if we could uh, eliminate the side effects of the uh, levodopa and uh, eliminate dyskinesia altogether? That would mm. be a victory because uh, it improves people's lifestyle and they don't have to get the DBS surgery. Uh, what what if we could figure out a way to halt the disease? Just stop it at its track. So wherever it is in pro- your progression, it's just, just stops. That would be great. Uh, if you could reverse it, whoo, that would be awesome. Um, if you could uh, find a biomarker where you could take a blood test or an eye test or they could swab your ears or whatever and they could figure out, oh, you are uh, most likely to develop Parkinson's down the road and then they could begin sort of treatments early on to help prevent it from its onset. That would be a victory. Uh, but as long as we keep talking about a cure as the ultimate goal – any of those things, which in and of themselves would be huge victories, don't get the headlines because it's the headline is still no cure. Right, of course. But it sounds like you're more focused on winning battles as opposed to winning the war. I think that's most important right now. So how's your son Henry doing with the evolution of your Parkinson's, especially over the past year? Uh, that's a good question. I think I know the answers, but I find it's always best to go to the source. Can I ask a question? What? So think about last year at this time. Uh, yeah. Do you remember, do you, can you think back about how Daddy was with his Parkinson's and maybe how that's changed over the year? Oh, yeah. Well, it's different. You're more shaky. I'm more shaky? Mm-hmm. What else? I need to take medicine. Take more medicine? Yeah. Yeah, what else? I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> Do you think I'm quick? Have a quicker temper? No. No. Okay. You ever notice that I don't? I don't. I don't get too angry too fast. Oh yes, you do. Oh yes, I do. Do I sometimes? <coughs> I don't mean to. Do your friends scared of me? Yeah. Are they? Yeah. What do they say? I hate your father. They what? <coughs> they don't like me. Don't get me started on that. I won't get you started on that. Anything else? No. Okay. How's my walking? Terrible. <laughs> uh, funny. He's always honest, isn't he? Every yeah, time we hear from Henry. Yeah. Your, your walk is terrible. <laughs> my friends think you suck and your walk is terrible. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and we know Rebecca has noticed your personality change, but... You know, in all seriousness, how is she doing? You know, uh, it's a good question. I think I'm doing better. It's still a bit of a roller coaster. I take it day by day, week by week, sometimes hour by hour. (laughs) But overall, I feel better. Why? I'm out of the deer in headlights phase, able to see things more clearly, 
and allowing myself to experience things more authentically, I guess, and feel what I'm feeling. I feel like I'm better able to have what's happening, what's actually happening with you and the Parkinson's, with me and with Henry, with our family. I'm better able to just kind of be with with what is. And that's allowed me to really be appreciative and grateful for the opportunities and the lessons that this has brought to our family. We get to meet a bunch of beautiful people from the community. We've learned a lot about ourselves and our relationship and our family. We got to go to the World Parkinson Congress and go to Japan and experience all of that. It was it was wonderful. And we get to do this podcast. And all of these things have, about a year ago, were things that we should probably do. And now I have genuine enthusiasm. It's something that I get to do. And that's pretty cool. I also think that you've been more conscious about self-care. Yes, I have, especially this summer. I've gotten more time to write, meditate, relax, hike, and exercising every day, get massages, get my hair done, just just think about what I what I want to do and I'm still busy every day, but it's by choice. It's things that I want to do. I'm working on a, on a couple of what I consider important projects of my own and some have to do with Parkinson's, some don't, but they're very creative projects and they come from me. It's my my story, my ideas. It's my choice to do them. And that's been very helpful. Uh, Paul, earlier in the podcast, mentioned how he, th- he thinks our, our wives probably take the brunt of this disease and having to deal with it. And we were just talking about it uh, just a few minutes ago, how frustrating it can be Like that my body shuts down at 2 o'clock every day and we've got to plan around that. We talked about that. I said, you know what, I'm not going to pretend that that's not really frustrating. I love you and it's okay and I get it and, I, and it's more frustrating for you than it is for me. I understand. We're going to work through it and I'm sorry that you're dealing with it and I'm sorry I'm dealing with it and I'm sorry Henry's dealing with it and there, there it is. There it is. Well, in, in the last year you've taken on 99% of the driving and 99% of the shopping and 99% of the cooking and, and that's different. It's change. It is. So last year, first episode, we talked about where you were with the Parkinson's. Well, last year I said it was a friend of me. Where are you in having... Parkinson's in your body and in your life. I feel like I have more havingness for it, but I'm not having it a hundred percent. Right. It controls me more than I control it, um, and I'm doing what I can uh, to reverse that with more exercise and being more mindful of what I eat, and you know, trying to do the right things in you know taking my pills on time and like just trying to find what it is that I can do physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Um, but, you know, it's it's just like the disease. It's kind of my relationship with it is kind of day to day. I would imagine, and I've been in a place where I've dealt with significant disease, life-threatening disease. And back then I felt I never liked the, the fight analogies at the same time. 
there was also a mentality, and I remember this really clearly, it was like, oh, but if I stop resisting it and stop fighting it, then it will take over. And then I'm just a toy. I'm just a plaything for the disease, and then I'll, in, in my case, ultimately I'll die. As a frenemy, if you, if you look at that, um, friend comes first, enemy comes second. You, you make friends with your enemy in order to better... Understand. Uh, understand it and your disposition and, and and where you're going with it. But I, I don't think I can ever come to peace with it. In this episode, we talked about how Larry's personality is changing. Now, this is not uncommon and it can lead to even more aggressive behavior. Our partners at Parkinson Canada suggested the following. When aggressive behavior occurs, stay calm. Review the PD medication schedule to see if a dose has been missed or taken incorrectly. Give the person space to cool down. Try to leave about five feet between you. Ask what's troubling the person so you can identify the cause of the emotion and the behavior. Listen to the person. Resist arguing or being confrontational, but provide reassurance. For example, you could say something like, I know it's really frustrating when you can't control what's happening. And when you do speak with them, speak slowly and in a clear, confident and reassuring voice. Raising your voice may just escalate the situation. Redirect the person to focus away from the issue that's causing their aggression. Offer instead to take a walk or do a calming activity together. But if your safety is threatened, make sure that you leave the situation and return after a few minutes. Next time on When Life Gives You Parkinson's. Why is there a cinema shortage? This is a joke. There's no meds out there. There's no cinema out there, just generic brands. And I'm pissed. I mean, they say laughter is the best medicine, and, you know, it's rubbish, because in my case, Cinemet is the best medicine. (laughs) In an email to Global News, Merck would only say it's experiencing supply constraints worldwide, and they've received an increase in orders far exceeding their forecast. So are they redesigning the drug, or are they just using a different manufacturer? No, so it's just it's just a change in manufacture. Couldn't they have, couldn't they have planned this out so there wasn't uh, sort of the, the, the hole in the market? Ah, well, that, 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 that's the, that's the $1,000 question, to be honest. How big of a deal is it? I remember sitting at the bench with the, with the medicine. You know, I said, um, this is the first time I'm going to take it, and I am never going to stop needing medicine. From a personal perspective, I can say that I started on a yellow oval Cinemet, got swapped to a round version of Cinemet that frankly didn't work. So I took it over at Christmas and we went out to a friend's for dinner and I couldn't cut my steak and when everyone else went to the lounge, I just lay on the, the, the kitchen floor. This is When Life Gives You Parkinson's, a Curious Cast podcast. Our presenting partner is Parkinson Canada, parkinson.ca. This year, we're proud to recognize content and promotional partners from other countries, too. In the UK, we're proud to have Spotlight YOPD on our team, the only organization in the world with the singular focus of raising awareness of young-onset Parkinson's disease. You can find them at spotlightyopd.org. And in the United States, Parkinson's IQ Plus U. This is a free series of Parkinson's events from the Michael J. Fox Foundation that will be occurring in cities across the United States in 2019 
in 2020, which I am hosting. And the podcast will be highlighting the events through the extra dosage episodes. So go to michaeljfox.org slash PDIQ to register. And thank you for listening. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, give the show a rating and feel free to comment. You can also engage with us on social media. It's at Parkinson's Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or email parkinsonspod at curiouscast.ca. We would also like you to add your voice to the podcast like Jim and Emma did. Hi, my name is Jim Redmond. Um, I would say in the past year, uh, my Parkinson's has gotten, you know, has progressed a little bit uh, further than it was a year ago today. I take uh, a few more pills uh, every day and every week that, uh, that, I, that I took a year ago at this time. I think everything progresses uh, as it goes along. So the Parkinson's, yeah, for sure, has uh, moved a little bit, but uh, so so is my effectiveness in dealing with it. So uh, as long as that stays ahead of uh, the symptoms, I think everything's going to be okay. Hi, my name's Emma Kiriaku. I'm 41. I live on the Kapiti Coast in New Zealand with my husband and my three kids. I have early onset Parkinson's disease. Um, symptoms started for me when I was about 29, but I was originally diagnosed in 2011 with focal dystonia in my foot. That is so cool, and I can't wait to hear more throughout the season. Okay, so to record your message, go to speakpipe.com slash when life gives you Parkinson's. And now, Larry, I've waited all summer to say this. Keep positive. Keep exercising. Keep listening. We'll talk to you next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.